People walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when, rejoice when dividing the plunder. For in this day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke of burdens on them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in the battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be the fuel for the fire. For us as a chi- us a child is born and the government will be on his shoulders and will be called wonderful counselor, counselor mighty God everlasting faith father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom Stabling, establishing, and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and dismiss the kids onto uh, Children's Church. And so... uh, some, some changes that have happened, and we are speaking the same passage that Dave had intended for this morning, um, which was, is Isaiah chapter, one, chapter 9, verses 2 to 7. But I have no idea what he was going to speak on, and so this is not his sermon, uh, but that might have been handy if I would have just been like, hey, just give me your sermon. Uh, might have might made a shorter night. Um, but... Uh, David called me last night and kind of just was like, hey, you don't have to do anything. Um, but just so you know, Dave Nice won't be here, so we won't have a sermon. And I was like, well, you say it like that. Like, like. And luckily, it's Christmas, so, you know, like, there's lots of things to talk about. And uh, I don't know, like, I don't know for you guys, but for me, like, Christmas, while, like, while my childhood growing up might have not been like that Hallmark childhood that that would have had like a Christmas movie ran about, there might be a movie about it out there, but uh, it might not be age appropriate for everyone. Uh, but my childhood has these moments where like even within Christmas, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about my my favorite Christmas toy during Sunday school, which was a, a battery for a remote control car because my mom found great humor in in separating the two things, you know. Uh, and so there's these memories that I have, these different things that, that I kind of just, like, vividly remember about Christmas. You know, the, the anticipation of waiting inside of, uh, of our room for the, the doors to be open. Like, I remember as a kid, 
this was the way our rooms were set up was we had our living room where uh you know the tree and the presents and all that kind of fun stuff were and then we had like a hallway off to one side where my sister and i's rooms were and then on the far other side which i guess was was highly planned by my parents uh where where my parents slept and so we were way on the other side of the of the house and they were way on the other side like on the other side of the kitchen kind of system but we had to have the established rule of if, if you wake up you don't go and open presents like you can't go out into the living room so we had this door like right before you would go out into the living room that she would close it was never closed any other time of the year it was only ever closed at christmas and i i, I remember waking up at like 4 a.m for us santa would would put like um, the stocking inside of our rooms and that was kind of like our little thing that we would get to open beforehand so at 4 a.m i would wake up and i would go run into my sister my sister is five years older than me i'll go run into her room and wake her up and she man as years went on she would get more and more upset that i was doing this but uh, but i still did it i you know i was still excited and i would run in there and we would open up the present the open up the stockings and then she would send me back to my room so she could go back to sleep until mom told us we could wake up well i would go and i would sit in front of the door i would just sit there playing with my toys waiting listening to hear if there was anything going on out there hear if anybody was moving get excited it was like two to three hours later my mom would finally slumber like stumble out of bed make make the pot of folgers coffee and come and wake us up me being awake since four but man that moment and i don't know how your guys's rooms are but uh, I remember, like, or just the other day on Facebook, somebody posted this exact thought that I had about my childhood. Was there something magical about the only thing being lit in your room is the Christmas tree? Like, there's something really, really special about that one light just standing there, shining bright. And that was exactly how our living room was. She would open up the door after hours of waiting in this hallway. I had a bed I could have went to, you know. It wasn't like I was being punished or anything, but... After hours of waiting in this hallway, she opens up the door into this dimly lit room where the tree, which had been up, you know, this whole season, but just something different felt about the tree in that moment. Well, it was probably like the pile of presents underneath, but there was something magical. There was something special about that. And man, when you start to think about light, you start to think about how light can really affect a room, how it can really kind of change the whole feel of what happens. I mean, there's studies upon studies of light and people kind of like looking into what light affects people's moods and, and how that kind of changes how people sleep. And, you know, if you've ever gone to sleep with the TV left on and you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and, and the light is just shining so bright, it affects things. It affects how you sleep. It affects how you live. It affects your mood. It affects your toes if you stumble on things. Isaiah chapter 9 starts right off the bat talking about this light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. On Wednesday, we had our Christmas uh, program here for our our Wednesday night youth group kids. And we did this game where uh, the adults got wrapped up like presents. And then uh, then we had our Christmas lights strung on us and we had... Uh, candy canes put on us randomly. The kids had a ton of fun making us look like fools. And so, uh, which is standard to youth group ways of life. But the, 
the point was is that each little part of the like illustration was something for us to remember. And Casey, while she kind of talked about all these different parts, she got to lights, and she made this statement about how light of the world talked about the angels illuminating the sky when they saw the shepherds, talked about the star in the sky illuminating the magi their way to to the the stable, talked about the light of the world coming into the world, Jesus. These are the opening words for the prophet Isaiah, and that that we've read this morning. We had, we had two wonderful people reading for us and uh, got a great glimpse into, into what we're going to be talking about. They, these are the words of hope for people long ago. But for us today, it's actually kind of an announcement, the declaration of the greatest significance that the world has ever seen. For us, we declare that God, the light of the world, has come among us. So I'll say more about this kind of this idea of this announcement, because it's really, it's more of like a congratulations to us. But we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But today, beyond the excitement of, you know, Christmas, the Santa Claus coming soon kind of idea, and, you know, the parades, and Charlie Brown Christmas story on TV, and putting up your tree, and having, having your first sip of eggnog, even though they now make Halloween eggnog, um, which I did partake in, because eggnog is delicious. Um, you can tell me later how you don't like eggnog, but uh, it's, it's wonderful. Um, but beyond all of those things, we have something more important to talk about. You know, beyond, beyond the buying of gifts, the wrapping, the house cleaning, the decorating, beyond the food shopping and the cooking, and beyond all the preparations, maybe if you're traveling, we have something incredible to announce and celebrate. We declare, just like, just like Isaiah 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 2 says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. For many, you've read this chapter a lot of times at Christmas. Maybe this is a, a regular thing that, that gets read for you at Christmas time. Maybe it's really familiar for you. And uh, maybe it's something that you, you hear your, you know, your grandparents or your mom always read or whatever. But the fact is, it's often read each and every Christmas. But don't let this familiarity dampen the sheer incredible, the awesome, the glorious, the stupendous news that it is. It is nothing less than God coming to us. You know, we throw around this word, Emmanuel. We studied it last year with Jim, this word, Emmanuel. John chapter 1, verses 3 to 5, say it like this, if you want to put it up there for everybody. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. God with us. Emmanuel. It's a really crazy concept to really think about. God up in the heavenly realms, doing what God does, reigning like God does, makes a choice to become a baby. He could have become anything. You know, 
C.S. Lewis depicts him as a lion. He could have become a lion if he wanted to. He could have been a talking lion, really. God. He could, have, he could have done it. But instead, he chooses to become human. And not any human, but a baby. I don't know if you know this or not, but babies don't do a lot. They're really incapable. Really burdensome sometimes. They're really loud and annoying. And they poop without controlling it. It's really gross. And that's who Jesus decided to become. Having all the knowledge of the world, having all the knowledge of the universe, God himself decides to become something that needs to learn. I mean, yes, Jesus, even at an early age, was teaching people how to do things. But imagine Jesus learning how to do carpentry with his dad. I mean, he had to learn how to live. He had to learn how to eat. He had to learn how to walk. The Savior of this world falling while he tries to walk. It's a really humbling thing to think about. And it's not usually how we think about the heroes of the stories. You know, we, we think about great, you know, superhero comics like Superman. Like there's, at the beginning of it all, I mean, there's kind of now some stuff where we like see these depictions of, of Superman as like a baby and that kind of stuff like that. But like when they started all of this, Superman became like the first time we saw Superman, he was able to do everything. That's how he enters into this picture of our world. He was able to do it all. And that's not how God decides to write the story. God didn't enter this world at the age of 30 to start his ministry. God entered this world at the age of zero. Isaiah prophesied about it, and John reported it. Light in the darkness. The news is some, uh, so important that Isaiah actually talked about it over 27 years, declared it in many different ways with a variety of different metaphors so that each person might connect to it. Maybe each even on their own special way. 27 years Isaiah talked about the light and the darkness. In the simplest form, it is light and darkness and a land deep darkness we have light. For others, it's the message of growth and birth. Have you multiplied the nation? Isaiah talks about. Others, it's this idea of joy. Yeah, we talk about joy a lot during Christmas. Increased joy. Like the joy found during the most plentiful time of the year. The joy of the harvest. Others still, it's this message of release. Release from the burdens of life. Man, if at Christmas time you don't feel that release from this world, man, there's, some, there's something that's somewhat missing from maybe even your Christmas time. Like, that's why for me, like, I'm like all in in November 1st. I'm like, I want to experience Christmas as long as I can because there's just something different about the time of Christmas. People are kinder. People, people want to, to reach out to you and get to know you better. Release from this burdens of life, the yoke associated with this, uh, you know, for their time and for a lot of our time, is this idea of releasing from work, from farming, from being out and being in there. The bar across the shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. All these devices of control, oppression, and burden are broken. Finally, for others that are the most familiar with the life of war and conflict, Isaiah talks about all the boots 
of the tampering warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. What is this all about? What is this light and darkness, this growth and birth, this joy, this release, this casting off and this freedom? It's the most important and most surprising news of all. It's about the birth of that fragile baby. But of course, you know, as we all know, it's no ordinary baby. For this child will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His Almighty shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore, Isaiah 6 to 7 says. This child is none other than God himself, the word Emmanuel, God among us. And so we say again, congratulations, right? Why congratulations, you ask? Well, because a child was born for us. When I ask the question, and we do it as a family, maybe you celebrate a happy birthday time at Christmas for Jesus. But if you were, if you were to ask the question, whose birthday is it on Christmas Day? And the answer is supposed to be obvious. It's supposed to be Jesus' birthday, of course, right? You have, you have cake, you have candles, you have hats. That's how we celebrate Jesus' birthday. But... At least that's not what one might think until you read these two words from the prophet Isaiah from chapter 9. For us. Or maybe John's gospel says it better for us. In John chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, he says this, He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, he gave power to become a child of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. Did you guys catch that? To all who receive him, he gave power to become children of God. So again, we ask the question, whose birthday is it on Christmas? And as it turns out, John here seems to think it's our birthday. And so, at the heart of all the hymns and carols, at the center of all the celebration and the gifts, behind all the lights and the wreaths, stand this one promise. That because of Christ and his incarnation, God regards us forever as God's own beloved Children, thank God for that. We become children of God. It's, Christmas is the celebration not only of Christ coming into this world, but of us having the ability to even receive him as Savior. We all are made one with God. As God is born as one of us. And so we celebrate the birth of the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. So as we are one with each other and with the Lord on this Christmas time, this birth of Jesus, it is also for us. 
the birthday for all. The moment where we all could choose to be born again into salvation. And to that, I, in a great joyful way, get to say congratulations. So next week, we are going to talk more about this idea of God with us. And what does this mean for us to dig deeper into God being in this world? And we're going to have a really awesome celebration, not in just talking about Jesus coming into this world, but I get to have the privilege of seeing my two kids get baptized. And we're going to do that next Sunday. And I'm super excited um, for that. And we, we started a couple weeks ago, as you guys know, uh, for a couple months ago now, two months ago, working through this, this book of taking the plunge. And right now, we all have this opportunity to decide, are we going to live forever with Christ? Are we going to, to make that choice? I mean, we, most of us have been baptized, and most of us have, have given our life over to Christ, but maybe not all of us have decided to follow after Christ. Maybe you know what the light of the world is, what light into darkness is, but maybe you're not shining at this time of the year. I get it. I know Christmas time can be tough. Maybe your memories and your holiday times don't bring joy. Maybe they bring fear and they bring worry and they bring debt and they they bring hardships. But it's not supposed to be like that. You know, God truly has a place for us prepared where we don't worry about those things. Light into darkness. Let's go into this world and let's be light into darkness. Let's come back next week to learn more about what it means in this holiday time to be light into darkness. Let's pray. Father, I... Uh, this morning, uh, I was going to play a video for, uh, for the community meditation, but uh, it was a video that I had played a number of years ago. I thought it was three or four, but it turned out it was eight years ago. So anyway, I had a little trouble finding it, but uh, what I want to do is I want to play the video, and then I'll come back and pray after that. So uh, Wyatt, do you have that up there? Okay. Uh, I'll go ahead and play that here, and then...
Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we, uh, we're just so blessed to have you uh, as our Lord and Savior, and uh, we just thank you for, for what you've done for us, and uh, we, just, uh, we just want to worship you this morning and uh, remember what you, uh, what you did on the cross for us and uh, what, what that allowed for us, and uh, uh, we just thank you again. In Jesus' name.